Support for OPB comes from our members and from our sponsors, like Tracy Ray from the employment law firm of Baron Lehman. Tracy says that OPB sponsorship is a great way to support the community and connect with Baron Liebman's clients. From the Gert Boyle Studio at OPB, this is Think Out Loud. I'm Dave Miller. Washington's farm worker overtime law just took full effect. Workers there are now required to receive overtime pay after putting in 40 hours in a single week. A similar law is being phased in in Oregon. Both laws are intended to fairly compensate people for the long hours they put in during growing and harvest seasons. But some workers in Washington now say it's actually led to lower pay as farmers hire more workers instead of paying for overtime for their existing ones. Johanna Bejarano has been covering this for Northwest Public Broadcasting. She joins us now with more details. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Dave, and uh, it's nice to join you today. How did Washington's overtime law come to be? Well, the Washington overtime law started, um, well, the efforts to, to get the overtime law actually started in 2016. Uh, it was because some dairy workers in the Yakima Valley uh, filed a class action lawsuit against the Rutter Brothers Dairy. It's a, it's a company located in the town of Outlook. So at that time, those dairy workers, uh, they were working long hours uh, with no breaks and they were not receiving overtime pay because of the exclusion of agricultural workers from, from that protection. And at some point, those parties reached uh, a settlement. It was after the Washington Supreme Court ruled that this exclusion was unconstitutional, and those three workers um, were entitled to, to, to get that fundamental right to health and, and safety protections under the state law. So, but the court didn't specify that provision uh, cover only dairy workers or all agricultural workers. So after that, in 2021, the state legislature passed a law extending the overtime, um, uh, the overtime for agricultural workers. So it's it's what happened here. What was the general sense among agricultural workers then when the law passed? Well, people was happy. Um, they said that um, it was a win for the agricultural workers after decades of uh, being excluded uh, um, from the overtime pay. So, so they think they uh, got the right they deserved. Uh, but then things started to change, <laughs> you know, after the, the law was actually being implemented. Hmm. And I, I should note that it has been phased in over the last couple of years. And now, as of the first of this year, it's it's fully phased in, meaning, as I mentioned, that overtime kicks in now after 40 hours. Yes. So, and we're talking because the, the law hasn't worked as as workers hoped it would. Can you give us a sense for the drop in hours that, that we're talking about for the workers you've talked to? Yeah, so so before agricultural workers say they can work like 60 or 70 hours per week. And the harvest season was really good for them. So they were doing good money. But now they says the hours have been cut even half. So it's like they are working 36 hours per week, 
um, not necessarily 40 hours per week. So they are getting less paychecks. And I think uh, one of the things we are seeing here is the difference between the experience of um, local workers and H2A workers. So I, for example, interviewed an H2A worker who came here in 2017, and he said that at that time, it, it was worth it to come here to the U.S. with a, with a contract. But now he is doing 36 hours per week, and the rest of the time he needs to stay at home because, because there is no work to do. Hmm. So it's, it's not giving enough money to send to his family in, in Mexico. And it's happening to other workers who come from Central America, too. Has that led to tensions between temporary farm workers and longtime farm workers? Well, not necessarily tensions in terms of... Um, fighting among themselves because because both sides know that uh, for them it's important to work and get money and support their families. But um, but some local workers have this perception that H2A workers have advantages uh, compared to them. I should so just remind folks, H2A, that's temporary agricultural workers. It's, it's a visa program from the federal government. And, yeah, and, exactly. and, you've had, and some local workers have said that, that they think the farm workers with these H2A visas have, have special benefits. Yeah, because, because they say, well, when you come here with a contract, you have a house, you have transportation, uh, your employer uh, provides you tools, that kind of things. And domestic workers or local worker, farm workers say, we need to provide our tools, we need to pay rent, we need to pay gas, uh, we need to pay food. Uh, also, we don't work the whole year. So some of them work like nine months, not necessarily during the winter season, and they need to save money for those uh, those times. So, so it's like they need to, um, to incur in more expenses than H2A workers or foreign workers, uh, need to, to, to do. Hmm. Meanwhile, what did you hear from farm owners about the current situation? Well, they said uh, that it's, uh, hard for them because they cannot afford, afford uh, paying overtime. Um, some say that the money they are receiving is not enough to cover the production cost. So, so the overtime is putting them in a difficult situation. And they also said that it's not sustainable for the industry. And at some point it will, um, lead to, to the closing of farmer or the closing of farms here in, in Washington. So, like, the industry is at risk. Well, what did you hear in terms of possible solutions or, or tweaks or changes to this new law? Well, there have, there have been efforts to, to try to pass um, another laws, like one pretended to create an exemption um, allowing farmers to select 12 weeks a year for not paying overtime after uh, 50 hours per week, after 
after they workers uh, work 50 hours a week. Oh, so they could, they could select, say, the, the, the time around planting, around harvesting when, when, they, when they need the, the longest hours. And they could say, these are the times when we don't have to follow this rule. Yeah, exactly. But the thing is, those efforts were not successful. So that uh, bill proposal was presented last year, again this year, and and it uh, didn't go through. Um, there are another efforts also um, to um, to get or to collect more information about uh, the farm worker situations, especially age to a workers, like seeing uh, what uh, wages are they receiving, where they are locating, located, and if they really, um, if farmers really need uh, more age to a workers uh, because there is not the local workforce to, to cover the positions they need. Um, that's a bill that uh, actually is being discussing at this time um, in the legislature. Um, and about other solutions, if, if you talk with if you talk with farm workers who are in favor of the law, they said that data collection is critical to really understand what is happening in the farm workers' workforce in the region. Um, and also, they think the the law should be enforced instead of looking for exceptions. Uh, but if you uh, talk with workers that are against the law and the overtime, the solution for them is just, um, you know, not getting overtime, getting more hours of work, uh, because they prefer to have their work and more money to, to be able to support their families. Johanna Bejarano, thanks very much. Thank you so much for, for inviting me. Johanna Bejarano is a reporter for Northwest Public Broadcasting. She joined us to talk about the challenges in the implementation of Washington's farm worker overtime law. Uh, it's worth noting again that Oregon is just a little bit behind Washington in implementing its version of a very similar law.